Hello, everybody. This is Grizzly from Lexington, Kentucky. How you doing today? Everybody have a good work day, I say. Whoa, do we have somebody special in the house? Mary. She's going to be quite interesting, I say. Like I always say, from coast to coast, around the world. What she's going to tell us? Mm, I don't know. But it's going to be very interesting, I can assure you that. And of course, we're not taking live calls today. So, bear with me on that, ladies and gentlemen. I know y'all get excited sometimes, so... Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us a little about yourself. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, well, uh, about my Bigfoot history. <laughs> yeah, start from the beginning. How would you get involved in what happened and everything? Oh, goodness. Well, uh, for that, we got to start about 50 years ago. Take me back. Uh, I will. We're going to go back in the time machine. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right. Yeah. Uh, about 1967, during the summer, uh, I was uh, about 11 years old. And uh, we, I lived on a 100-acre farm in uh, western Pennsylvania. And... Uh, uh, I would go for walks along the gas line at the back of the property every so often. Right. And uh, this one day, I decided, you know, it's a nice day. I'm going to go for a walk. So I started hiking along there. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Western Pennsylvania, but uh, a little bit. We're, we're in the foothills of the Appalachians, and we got the hills, we got the hollers, we got the hills, we got the hollers. Right. Uh, so, I'm heading down the hill, straight across from me on the other side, um, a Bigfoot, or what I saw as a, a kid, what I saw was a huge um, man wearing a black fur coat in the middle of summertime. Huh. Yeah, I had no idea and had never heard of Bigfoot. Uh, I'll... All I had heard about at that time was uh, the Siberian snowman or the, the Yeti, and that's about it. Right. But he had Neanderthal-type features. You know, I could tell because, you know, on movies they would show, um, you know, like, uh, what is that movie? A hundred million years B.C. I think they had right. some Neanderthal-type people on there, and uh, I recognized that, but. Other than that, he was just a big man wearing a heavy fur coat. <laughs> and, uh, he did nothing threatening to me, um, just turned and looked at me. Uh, and then he walked on uh, across the trail and into the uh, clearing on the other side. What in the world went through your mind when that happened? <laughs> it, it was just uh, more of a puzzlement as to okay why is this guy wearing a heavy fur coat you know it like i said it's the middle of summertime 
Right. So <laughs> do, you, do you think it, it was actually more human than more primate or? His, his features um, were not, uh, well, we're all primates, but uh, his features, like I said, they were Neanderthal-like. Um, he did have, um, oh goodness, I'm thinking, trying to think back to 50 years ago. And my, my are we talking was, like the hills have eyes and wrong turn? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. Yeah, now from what I recall, I, I think he did have a beard, but other than that, it was just. It, it, he really wasn't threatening to me at all. You know, huh. It was just more he looked at me, you know, and I guess he saw I was not a threat to him and he just walked on. You know, I was hmm. just a kid, so. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's awful strange. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, you know, that's what I always say we should try to do. Yeah, but I'm trying to understand too what you saw. Is it you know was he actually wearing fur or was it actually his fur? No, it was it was his. Oh, okay, I it, got it. You. Was um, it was part of him? <laughs> yeah, I would have passed out and died. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah I, for me, that's crazy. I just couldn't figure it out because I had never heard of something like that, you know, around. Um, right. So, you know, oh, it, it, it uh, although it stuck in my mind, you know, all these years until my next sighting, which was decades later um, in, um, let me see, in the early 2000s, uh, I had... <clears throat> See that, excuse me, that sighting was in Allegheny County in Western Pennsylvania. Um, in uh, 2004, uh, I remarried and moved in with my husband to Beaver County, uh, also in Western Pennsylvania. And uh, almost as soon as I moved in, uh, there was activity there was activity at the house. Uh, it, uh, something would pound on the side of the house right behind my head whenever I was laying in bed. Um, <clears throat> he would peek in the windows. He would um, oh, uh, no. act real. Well, my, my dog that I had at the time was extremely frightened and terrified whenever he would come around. And um, so I, I could pretty much tell whenever he was there uh, by her reaction, because you know, sometimes he wouldn't always whack the side of the house. You know, if I was sitting out in the family room, he would just peek in through the window or else she would alert me whenever he would come through the yard. Uh, <clears throat> see, he would, he would come after dark and uh, a lot of times he would... See, we had motion sensor lights on the uh, eaves of the house, and uh, they wouldn't always trigger. And so I would go outside, and I would check, and they would be tilted up. And I would holler at my husband and say, why, why did you move these uh, motion lights? And he would say, 
I never moved them. <laughs> wow. That was a mystery until I figured out, oh, doggone, he, he would just reach up and move the lights so they wouldn't trigger. <laughs> and um, Wow. Yeah, my uh, my dog that I had at the time, she was a border collie mix, and uh, what she would do is she would lay down in the dining room facing the back patio door, and uh, whenever he was there, um, she would give like a real soft mixture of a whine and a growl, and, uh, and she would back up crawling until she was huddled up against my legs, just shivering in fear, just abject terror. And um, you know, for a while, you know, it scared me also until, you know, time after time, month after month, you know, I just finally got fed up. And one night um, I just got PO'd uh, about uh -oh. And um, I, I'm part Irish, so. <laughs> um, Lord have mercy on us, people, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, so, uh, I got up and uh, ran over to the door, grabbed a golf club that I had sitting there, opened the door, ran out after him. And uh, I was hollering at him saying, uh, don't you bully my dog, you SOB. <laughs> He ran Whoa. off. <laughs> Whoa. It was a bully. You know, typical bullies are cowards. So he just ran off. Um, it, it it didn't stop him. He just, he kept coming back. I guess he thought it was funny what I did. So well, I'll know. tell you what, my luck is I try that stunt and the son <laughs> of a buck would attack me <laughs> yeah. luck, right? I, I think i'm lucky <laughs> what that he did unbelievable uh, no he he just did it one too many times and i was just very angry as to how he was you know well my dog she had she was a rescue and whenever we got her she was very very timid and she was finally coming out of her shell gaining confidence and then whenever he was around, it was like, you know, she would go backwards. And it, it just, I was up to here. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, in, in this new house that you moved into, was your husband already living there? Uh, yeah, he was living there also. But uh, I, I think but, what would happen was he, my husband wouldn't wake up whenever you know, he was around, my husband worked long hours, uh, heavy construction. Oh, yeah. And uh, or else he would be away at work. Right. Uh, whenever this was going on. Uh, and it wasn't every night. It was uh, like every two to three weeks whenever he would come around. See, <laughs> this is my other dog that I oh, have. That's cute. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this went on for... 12 years oh, uh, while we God. lived there in that house. And then we moved out in 2016. Uh, but uh, the one day I did see him um, fairly clearly, he, he peeked up over the wall behind my house. And um, he was silhouetted, though, by the setting sun behind him. So all I could see was his outline and his hair. Um, 
his hair was very pretty though it was like a um like a rusty gold you know sparkled in the sh- oh, sunshine wow. and yeah you know i i went like this to him i said you stay away you sob i see you <laughs> <laughs> and he ducked down real quick <laughs> wow but uh yeah we we moved out of there in uh, 2016. Um, but in the meantime, though, in 2015, uh, we were driving around looking at different properties, you know, looking, you know, to build a new home. And uh, we went over the state line into Columbiana County, Ohio. And um, we were driving down uh, between Beaver Creek State Park and East Liverpool, Ohio, uh, down Route 7. And my husband was driving, and uh, we were going about 40, 35 to 40 miles an hour uh, thereabouts. And, um, you know, I'm just looking out the window, and we went by a dirt lane, and there's woods on the other side of this lane out of the woods on one side, here comes a Bigfoot uh, crossing the lane and uh, into the woods on the other side. And uh, and I just, I was in shock and, and not quite believing what I saw. So we went another mile down the road before I said something to my husband. I said, uh, can we turn around please? <laughs> and, I didn't explain why, so, um, but you know he's he's a sweet, real sweetie, and um, so he turned around and we went back and I told him pull over here, and we pulled over right across from the lane, and of course you know he was gone by then, and uh, so I'm looking at this lane, I'm studying it and saying okay it's it wasn't a deer, it's way too big, it wasn't a bear way too big uh wasn't a tree wasn't a tree stump because it moved and um it was yeah your mind automatically goes through okay you you rule out you know okay what else could it be what else you know could it have been and um no this thing was um he was at least 10 foot and uh, oh wow yeah, because uh, I was looking at a tree limb that he walked underneath, and uh, no, he was he was monstrous, monstrously huge, just very big. Um, yeah, a few months later, I returned to see if I could go exploring up in there, and uh, unfortunately, someone had bulldozed over the entire area. Uh, had a huge chain link fence. And uh, so there's no telling what, you know, but there was a game trail still there along that time, you know, going across the creek and uh, through the lane. So at least we knew there was something there, but he was huge. He was the biggest one I've ever seen. And uh, let's see, that was 15. 
2016, uh, we were building our home. 2017, we moved into our new home in uh, Lawrence County, Pennsylvania. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're out in a very rural area. There's just farmland and uh, trees all around this forest. And um, I'm sitting out on my front porch enjoying the view, the beautiful view. I've got, there's a field across from us. And uh, sometimes there's cows over there or else uh, there's a pony. And, um, you know, this one day there, um, the cows and the pony were in another field. So there was nothing there. And at the back of this field, there's a, uh, a tree line behind the fence. And at the top of the hill, um, three deer came out of the trees and they came down in between the fence and the tree line. And then they cut in at the bottom. Um, I guess there's a game trail at the bottom. And then behind them, same trail, um, here comes a Bigfoot right behind them came walking down the same path and cut in the same trail right behind them. He was just walking. Now he was, uh, he's about seven foot and uh, a grayish brown color. And uh, he was shaped a little bit different. He was uh, more of a lean, uh, like an athletic build to this one. Uh, still pretty big, but uh, leaner not the huge barrel chest right like most of them have been and i've amazing. seen him two more times wow but uh and then uh the last one was in 2018 uh, i was invited to go on to a, a research trip with some friends and uh, my sister and I joined and uh, we drove out and uh, joined the, the rest of them. There was a group of total, there were about 14 of us. And uh, we were going all over southwestern Oklahoma, just here, there and everywhere, hitting up some fantastic sites. Uh, just about everyone had a sighting during that week. And we spent an entire week out there. And uh, we were in the, uh, we, we mostly based in the Chickasaw National Recreation Area, which is the Lake of the Arbuckles. And um, fantastic area. If you ever get a chance, go. <laughs> um, fantastic big footing there. Uh, but uh, the one night we uh, were going into an area nicknamed Purgatory. And uh, we had a fantastic evening there, a uh, lot of vocals. Um, there were Bigfoot coming in on us from three different directions and uh, uh, they weren't happy at us. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they stopped about 50 feet out from us, uh, hiding in the, the bushes and in the, in the dark, you know, but we could see the eyes shine. We could hear them moving around and uh, their vocals you know, some whistles here and there, but they never came in any closer. Um, 
that activity died down after a while. And I know I'm glossing over a heck of a lot, but <laughs> um, we left there. I think we had a convoy of about seven vehicles total. And uh, we were heading out of there. And uh, one of the guys was having problems with his pickup truck. So uh, we pulled over into a casino, uh, into a casino parking lot. And this was around 1230 at night. Um, you know, everybody got out of their trucks and were helping this guy you know, with his truck, trying to figure out what's wrong. Uh, everyone in our truck, uh, we were too tired out, so we just stayed. Um, there was four of us in that truck. There was Dave, who was the driver, and Chuck, who was the passenger, front passenger. I was sitting directly behind the driver, and my sister uh, was sitting behind Chuck. Now, Dave and my sister had never seen a Bigfoot, um, had never really experienced anything. As soon as the truck, as soon as uh, he turned off the motor and we settled, both Dave and my sister got on their phones and they're playing whatever people play with on their phones. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Heads buried in their phone. Uh, now, Chuck and I, uh, we're more experienced. So we know that it doesn't matter where you're at. It, it doesn't matter. You stay alert. You know, and uh, it's called situational awareness. You know, it's right. just safety reasons for, you know, for, you know, if anything. Uh, but you stay alert. So I was looking out the uh, the windshield and the, uh, the window and um, all of a sudden here comes a Bigfoot running from he, in between the casino and the building next door. He ran across the parking lot, brightly lit parking lot, through all the pickup trucks, across a four lane highway, and into the woods on the other side. And uh, Chuck said, did you see that? And I said, yeah, I saw that. It was crazy. And uh, um, it, it just so happened that one of the other ladies uh, who was with our group she looked up and she said uh she saw it just as it ran across the highway got lit up by a, a vehicle's headlights so she spotted it so that verified you know our our sighting independent verification and uh, what was fantastic though you know as if that wasn't <laughs> fantastic enough um whenever i got home I got onto Google Earth and I brought up that area. So I was able uh, to figure out um, the distance from point A to point B, where he came out of uh, from between the casino and the building to where he disappeared into the woods on the other side. And Chuck and I, we both agreed that it took uh, approximately three seconds for him to run that distance. Wow. So I was able to figure out uh, approximate, you know, how fast he was running. And uh, I don't, do you want to take a quick guess or any of the audience? Well, uh, 
Okay. Yeah, look, I'll tell you right now, I'm in shock and awe because you're just so laid back, like nonchalant and <laughs> uh, and stuff, and like, yeah, it's all Bigfoot here, and they were just getting close, <laughs> the eye shine, and I would have been like throwing stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're in the protection of uh, about 14 other people. So, yeah, it's although, yeah, they can rip you apart. You know, it doesn't matter how many people. Yeah, but did anybody yeah. have firearms just in case? Of course. Of course. Okay. Of course. Yes. Okay. Yeah, of course. I'm a no kill, ladies and gentlemen. I know Mary probably is the same way. So I'm just throwing it out there. Don't yeah, get excited. Absolutely. Yeah. But self protection, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, they're not afraid of firearms to begin with, but they do respect them, and uh, you know they they know to stay away. And I've I've had to, um, I think just one time uh, that I've had to actually put um, put my pistol on as a warning to them to hey stay away, you know I'm not gonna play with you. You know, it, there was this one night that um, it it was a dark moonless light night and uh, the trees were pretty close overhead and it was very dark and um, too much noise going on. And I could pretty much feel them crawling in on us. So I said, I'm going to put my gun on because I don't want them coming up on me. And, um, you know, they're, they'll be sneaky. They'll sneak up on you. That's for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've never seen one crawled, it looks like a spider. A big, big spider. Yeah, that, that's what I've heard. I haven't seen one yet uh, crawling. Um, I don't know if I want to, you know, because everything I've heard is pretty creepy. I'll pass um, out and die, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if I ever go out with you all on an expedition, I'm just telling you, I'm on a cane. Whoever falls, I'm sorry. You have to take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's you. There's uh, my sister. She walks with a cane. And I'm pretty close to it myself. Uh, I, I have a bad leg. And I, I hobble along as quick as I can. But no, I'm, I'm usually one of the last ones in line. Uh, well, no. hopefully God reaches down and touches us and says, heal, so we can <laughs> run like hell. <laughs> That's right, or, or, or knock someone else down. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's, it's just amazing, you know, out of everybody I've spoken to and interviewed, you know, it's their encounters are so incredible. And, you know, we were taught by scientists what to believe and what not to believe what we heard we did not hear what we see we did not see so you know it's just wild that i know people it's been out in the bush boots on the ground for 30 plus years and never yeah. even seen one yep yep I, I talk to people like that every single day hunters um they'll they'll always say oh i've been hunting for 40 50 years and i've never seen one they don't exist and i tell them well you haven't really been looking for them that's why and you don't know what to look for 
uh, you're looking for something else. You're looking for uh, the, the horizontal outline of a deer walking through the woods. You're looking for something else. You're, you're looking three feet up. Well, in the meantime, you should be either looking down at the ground where one may be crawling or hidden in the bush next to you or 20 foot up in the tree. <laughs> that is correct. Absolutely. So let's let's get back. Um, you got me really curious on how fast that you all uh, approximated that the Bigfoot was running. Yeah. Any guess? 70 miles an hour. That's a good guess. Good guess. Uh, I don't know if anyone's in your audience, if anyone's guessing. Let's see here. Let's go back to the chat. There's people watching. I can guarantee you that. No, no chats at all. Nobody. No, That's no. strange. Oh, I think you got a you know captive of audience with your your talking and your encounter. So okay, well, um, I estimated fifty two miles an hour. Dang, on that's fast. Yeah, yeah, he was he was running full out. Um, it, it was just shocking, you know, to see him uh, something so fast and you know in a humanoid shape. But running so fast, you know, that that's what, you know, okay, you know, you see a guy running out of a casino, whatever, but he ain't running that fast. No, absolutely not. <clears throat> yeah, they, um, they are extremely fast, no matter, you know, I've heard of people talking about them running um, quadrupedal also. Yes. They're pretty fast out you know, that way also, uh, but um, no, this one, he was running bipedal and running full out. That's wild. That really yeah. is. Yeah, Chuck and I estimated his height to be right around eight foot because uh, he ran um, by speed limit sign right along the highway. Uh, so we we're pretty much able to figure out how, how tall he was. Do you ever come across any tracks or anything while you're out? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Have you yeah. ever heard of this formula? If you measure the Bigfoot track, every two inches equals one foot on Bigfoot. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. Uh, David Peters brought that forward a few months ago on the show. Uh-huh. And I'm like, are you serious? You know, because I never heard of that, and I'm pretty well diversed, and and people were like, "Comment, no, that's true." Okay, so I, I tell people that every two inches equals one foot. Okay. And I tell okay. my guests that on the show, and especially the the gentlemen, okay. they don't believe that, and they jump up, rip off their shoes, and you hear a loom tape measure just like flopping. <laughs> And they're measuring their feet, and they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> or they're getting their cast out of their curio cabinet and measuring it. And they're yeah. like, yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. So uh, I was amazed by that. So I try to share that each and every time. So, yeah. Yeah, that is interesting, and, and it makes sense. Uh, although I think a few friends have found the um, footprints around 20, 23 inches 
Um, oh. That would be a pretty big Bigfoot. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've been scared only one time in my life where I couldn't even move. And what you're talking about, I would probably be that way every time. You know, I know grown men that have wet themselves. Yeah. You know, come down with PTSD. Yes. Never been back in the woods. Never been back hunting. When they get near any trees that looks like a forest, they freak out yeah. and have an episode. And I mean, because, you know, we can't ramp our our minds around stuff like that when people are like, man, that stuff don't exist. Well, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, everybody's not seeing little Johnny running around drunk in the middle of the woods at night. I'm telling you <laughs> causing havoc yeah. in hell, even though we do have it sometimes, but not all over the world. So um, no. No. unbelievable. I, I know I, you know, the people that suffer from PTSD, you know, that it really, it, that breaks my heart. It really does, because that is one of the reasons why I started my group. Um, uh, I'm the founder of Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project, and uh, we have a little over 17,000 members. And um, people will write me in private uh, saying, uh, I don't want to share this uh, because all I've had is ridicule. Um, my wife or my husband makes fun of me or my brother or my best friends yeah. make fun of me. And that's, that is so wrong. Um, the people that you should count on the most to support you should never, never ridicule you. And um, <clears throat> I, I run into too many people like that. And it uh, truly just breaks my heart. One way I can tell you how to help fix that is that when I sent you those links to my group, um, one night I couldn't sleep. And I was up at six o'clock in the morning sitting on the couch due to, due, due to some pain. And mm -hmm. I was looking at, our community as a whole, how broken it was and different beliefs and so forth. You know, each encounter is not the same. So that's fine. But don't be an SS telling people you got to believe this way or you're not, you're not my group right. or just like that one I was going to join. I had to write an essay of 200 words or more explaining why that I wanted to join this group. Uh, nope. Sorry. <laughs> you know, but uh, speaking of groups, ladies and gentlemen, moderators and admins, thank you so much for letting me broadcast in your group. I greatly appreciate that. But I couldn't sleep in about quarter to seven. You know, I did this with my other groups that I had. That's not related to anything paranormal stuff. And I started a, a group, and I'm bad with memory, I'm telling you. And I wanted an outlet for people. And not only did I want an outlet, I wanted people that had evidence and stuff to be able to share that without the ridicule yeah. and everything. And I'm trying to find it, which I'm horrible finding. 
Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologize. I got, you know, when you own so many podcasts and live shows, it's it's terrible. It's called uh, Share Your Evidence Podcast, EVPs, Footprints, Howls, and Growls. It's a new group, but I own two other groups. And, uh, of course, I got my own fan page I just started. But uh, I have it to where if you want to come aboard and post something, but you're afraid that you're going to be ridiculed, number one, and my groups that we own, I am heavily armored with admins. And my admins are paramedics, police, state police. Uh, did I say paramedics? Yeah, yeah, I did. Psychics, mediums, and a couple of civilians. So I got a real good shakeup. And my rule of thumb, and it hasn't happened, and of course it's going to happen sooner or later, is no negativity, no emojis, no nothing. If you don't like it, scroll on. If you don't scroll on, I'm going to burn you to the ground. Mm -hmm. So, but also put a button up there that you can click on and you can post anything you want and it does not reveal who you are. So maybe you can go in and click that setting in your group where they can feel more comfortable coming out and, and posting stuff. Yeah. No, because, good, yeah. Yeah. Because people like you talking about your encounters over a span of years, people are listening and going to go back and watch the video is going to say, I'm not the only one that happened to me, you know, uh, 15, 20 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, you could not talk about this subject. I mean, they would make fun of you. Small town, they would cast you out. They would whisper behind your back while you're in the store shopping. Times of change. You know, uh, they ask me all the time, Grizzly, is this picture real or video fake? Or what do you think? And my number one answer is, and I'll stick by my guns, A, I wasn't there, and B, I didn't take it. So I'll leave it at that. You know, I'll let everybody judge their own opinions and judge whatever they want to judge. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, there are some things that are very questionable, but I learned over the years that Sasquatch or Bigfoot somehow interferes with electronics oh yeah so and uh and i want to talk about game trail cameras digital cameras cell phones and you know people are like oh god here comes another picture of a blob squab you know and i'm I'm like, you know, just cut them a break. You know, you got to understand they're probably were shaking like hell. You know, and that was the last thing in their mind is bringing up their cell phone or camera, taking a picture. Now, most of them don't even think about doing it because they're in such shock. Yeah. So I got a story. It's a true story. And uh, 
It's called uh, Close Encounters or Likely Encounters from Katie. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, she wrote a book. Her and her girlfriend went traveling and they went to a hotel somewhere out in the woods. And uh, they were going out for a walk. And the guy at the front desk was like, hey, ladies, just be very careful. It's bear season. So just be careful of your surroundings, okay? They're like, okay. And they went on their way, and they were walking probably about an hour and a half. And, uh, you know, she was like, stop. And her girlfriend was like, what? She's like, look at all those bears. Well, her girlfriend took off and started running. Well, before she did, she reached down in her purse, pulled out a camera, and took a picture. And then she took off. It was about a week and a half later. She got the film developed. Okay. Developed. Not electronic. And she start freaking out what she captured. So she called her girlfriend up. Her girlfriend thought she was having medical condition because she was so erratic and screaming and couldn't breathe. And, you know, she finally got it to where she was calmed down enough. And she's like, you remember those bears? And she's like, yeah, that's why I took off. They were, they were all over down there. And she goes, they weren't bears. They were Bigfoots. One was holding a baby. So, and she's got a really good picture on the front and back of her book. And it was one of those point and shoot cameras. I didn't know they still make them. So, I mean, I grew up with those, you know. That's what my parents bought me when I was a child, when I wanted to take pictures. But uh, a regular camera. I think the film was 110, if I remember correctly. So, it's amazing how I can remember that film and not others. But, but yeah, I mean, you never know, you know. Um, you just don't know and it's always the people that don't expect to see anything are the ones that witness it uh-huh. now i did an interview the other day the hair on both my arms i was trying to show it on my uh camera on my laptop uh was standing up basically this guy's been bigfoot hunting okay investigating uh for many years and uh he's very well known in the community and uh he was telling me about middle age that uh he met this guy in his area that took him underneath his wing and was showing him you know what to look for what not to look for what was signs what were not signs and he was actually uh, getting encounters and sightings, and unfortunately, they had to fire out a couple of rounds in the dirt. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I mean, he was telling me that the ones that he had, there were different names for them. They were Bigfoots, but there was a different breed of Bigfoots. They were very aggressive. So him and his buddy was out, and this was in daylight out in the woods together and 
not even 40 yards apart, his buddy walked around the corner and they were, he was standing about that distance and he was gone just right around the corner, just where he couldn't see him. And, uh, he was like, man, it's just too quiet. So he turned around and started walking where his buddy's at. Well, his buddy wasn't there. He's like, what in the heck? So he walked and walked, couldn't find anything. Then he started hollering out his name. And then he started getting really nervous and everything. And then he started trying to track them and, and stuff. And he found tracks of the creatures. Hours went by. And he couldn't locate his friend. So he ended up calling the police. The police came out. The search and rescue came out. The fish and wildlife came out. The dogs came out. And they searched and searched. That whole night couldn't find anything. Not even a trace. And uh, they looked for days. Couldn't even find them. And uh, he was pretty upset. And... Uh, and they want to know what he was doing out in the woods. And he was like, if I tell you, you ain't going to believe me. They're like, try me. And he told them, they were like, okay. So it was an open case still three weeks later. And he went back out in the woods searching. And he found his hat. And he picked it up and he had his name written underneath the the flap you know for some reason that generation my uncle did the same thing with the sharpie wrote his name in, in the underneath the bill or something whatever and so he put the hat back he called the police the police came out they brought the dogs and everything else and the police officer that showed up was one of the ones on the case in the beginning he goes you know where this is leading to don't you he says, I already know. And his wife passed away shortly after. Oh. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't handle it. So the kids wanted the body so they could bury them and stuff, but never found. So he travels across the country when he can to help people that have issues with Bigfoot to where... Uh, he uses non-lethal tactics. Uh, if he has to get use lethal force, it's the very, very last resort. And he explained details of it. And I was like, do you realize this is, there is a military group that's six to 12 people that go out and hunt these monsters, dog man and Bigfoot? He's like, yep, sure do. They're made up the Navy Rangers, the Green Berets, the Navy SEAL. And he started naming off all these groups. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You do know. So, you know, and a lot of people think. That Bigfoot is such a warm and fuzzy, nice beast. But like I always say and tell people that, hey, you know, you got to be careful. These are some animals that we're dealing with, you know, just like canines. You know, canines can and will turn on you at some point. 
And that's why I stick with the little dogs, <laughs> chihuahuas. I can handle that if I get bit. <laughs> but, you know, I had to I had to put those two in there because, you know, especially with your encounters and everything, uh-huh. uh, a lot of people are coming forward now that's really held back. And he was telling me what states he was going to, what was going on, about slapping on the house where the headboard was. Oh, yeah. And all that stuff. And, and Yeah, that's uh, fairly common from what I've heard. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, uh, he hyped up his firepower to very, very large calibers. Uh-huh. Uh, enough to take an elephant down and uh he's actually said before i hate when i do that sorry ladies and gentlemen they're calling on the studio phone i can't mute it there we go um and he was telling me uh that he was with his nephew one night and his nephew got attacked. I think it broke his arm bone up here. Three of his ribs just by a swing. And there were three of them. They shot at all three. And when he said this statement, it made me it made me like toes curl. He said, I assure you, only two ran off. I didn't even ask. I just left it alone. Because that spooked me. You know, it really did. And even then, he's lucky to be alive, you know, even at that. Yeah, because I've heard people before that actually shot at them and Mm -hmm. hit them. And they come out of everywhere, the clan does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, so, they, will, um, uh, they will enact a very swift retribution. Yes. And I heard the same thing about gifting or feeding. Yeah, no, I, I highly discourage that, highly. And ladies and gentlemen, she's telling you the truth. I'm, I'm telling you, she's telling you the truth. If you feed these things, creatures or whatever you want to call yeah. them, you're doing it on a regular basis and when you stop, either because you're ill or on vacation or in the hospital or out of town for whatever reason, and they go to the get that food and it's not there, yeah, they get very, very upset. Yes. And I've heard people being seriously injured before. Mm-hmm. I've heard of property damage on houses, yes. garages, vehicles. You know, I heard a uh, Bigfoot coming into houses. Yep. And uh, getting in the refrigerators and stuff. And I'm, I'm telling you, you just, they're not always warm and fuzzy. No. You know, no. and yeah, I, I tell people, haven't you ever heard of the saying, uh, a fed bear is a dead bear? Uh, the right. same goes with a Bigfoot. You, you cannot start to feed them because once you start 
um, you can't stop uh, because you've created an addict. Yeah. And, uh, and I used to get so mad with my yeah. ex-wife because yeah. she used to feed the cats in the neighborhood. And I was like, oh. you keep feeding them. I'm like, keep coming back. Oh, yeah. What's it's wrong with you? Success. It's easy pickings. It's easy access. Yeah. They don't need to hunt. They don't need to do any work. Um, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. It only brings trouble. I had this one guy on the show, Mary, and uh, he was old enough to go hunting by himself. And his grandfather told him where to go and where not to go. He went where he was not supposed to go, put up his deer stand. And when the sun came up, of course, it knocked him out, like always, like it used to do me. And he woke up to a violent shaking and growling. It was a Sasquatch shaking the hell out of his tree stand. It's like, what are you doing here? You don't belong. So he freaked out, you know, didn't know what to do, damn near dropped his weapon, firearm, rifle, whatever. And it ran off, jumped uh, jumped the fence and ran off. And yes, it was very quickly. He said it was it was so swift how the creature ran, it was like it was almost floating. You know, he, he couldn't comprehend it. So he went back and you know, he was upset. He was crying. And his grandfather was like, what, what's wrong with you? And uh, he didn't want to say. So his grandfather took him outside. He goes, you went where I told you not to go, didn't you? <laughs> and they and his grandfather knew for years that they were around his property and farm. Evidently, the land has been in, in the family for a couple generations. Oh. So, you know, it's just. I, I don't know. It's just people don't realize. Uh, let me see if I have this picture here, and I'll let you take over because it's all about you. But we had this one hunter that was on the show. He was up at the tree stand, and he saw a doe, and he was Robin Hood playing bow and arrow. I, I, I'm not Robin Hood. I damn near cut my finger off with the broadhead once. So uh, he took a shot at a doe, and he was like, damn it, the hell, I missed it. And he said it out loud, you know, very loud in the woods because, you know, he's by himself. And he was like, I'm not going to get one now. So he went, uh, he went ahead and went home. Now I can't find the picture. And uh, he came back the next morning. And he found a deer at the beginning of the woods, laying there with his neck broken. Okay. Yeah. He freaked out because he knew there were Sasquatches around. Yeah. So he hollered out, hey, I'm sorry. I can't take it. The meat's spoiled. I can't eat it. So he was afraid about his neighbors. 
thinking that he was poaching. So he ended up dragging that buck down the hillside all the way over to the bend down to the creek and, and coursers brush around the creek. So he ended up just covering it up and uh, it was out of his way somewhat, you know, the way uh, that he went. So make a long story short, he didn't see anything that day. And uh, he was like, I'm going to go back the way I came when I took that deer down. And this has only been four hours, ladies and gentlemen, only four hours. And he went and he was beside himself. The deer was gone. No drag marks. Huh. You can see where you drug it, the hoofs and everything. He said it was like something came by and just picked it up and carried it off. I was like, well, you and I both know that no animal or creature, you know, got a hold of it that fast. And if they did, there would still be uh, mostly a uh, whole remain there, just some missing parts. Yeah. That or a drag mark, blood so, trail or something. Yeah. So, you know, these creatures are very intelligent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're opportunistic. Uh, yeah, I've heard quite a few stories of hunters um, shooting a deer or um, and uh, going to get the deer and it's gone. And uh, there's no blood trail, no drag marks. You know, his bear will take uh, deer also. They'll take advantage of it. But uh, a bear yeah. will pick it up and throw it up over the shoulder. Right. So probably I'm 48, so probably 17, 16 years ago, I was hunting somewhere in Kentucky and this monster buck stepped out. I'm talking huge. I got up to 21 points and I couldn't count anymore. Wow. <laughs> I had a 35 Remington. And I love that cartridge. And I shot it and it jumped. And I was like, oh, heck yes. So I waited 45 minutes and the, the tree line was only 70 or 80 yards wide. So I searched that whole area five times, went across the road, didn't find anything. You know, and I had people coming down helping me. I stayed all that night. Uh, my dad came down the next morning. We stayed out there to one o'clock and we couldn't find anything in the back of my mind. That's exactly what I was thinking. Cause they were known to be down in that area. I never seen one down there, but yeah. you know, so I lost it. I was really upset because at first, you know, I thought it got away, but a 35 Remington and where I placed the shot within 60 yards, there's no way. Oh. Nope. Nope. oh, wow. So, yeah, I was, it was really upsetting because that was like the biggest <laughs> I ever laid eyes on and oh, actually wow. shot. Because usually my dad and I, you know, we used to go deer hunting. We didn't care if it was a buck or a doe. 
we always let the little ones go, but if it was decent size, we would drop them because, you know, that makes good deer sausage and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we did with most of ours is make deer sausage and whatever. So what else do you got for us, Mary? Oh, um, just last week, uh, my sister and I made another trip out to Oklahoma. Um, can't resist that state. It's, it's just too good. Uh, we got together with uh, our friend Chuck, the, the guy who, the other guy who saw the Bigfoot um, at the casino. And uh, he has a friend who owns a cabin in the uh, Hanabi area. Uh, you've heard of the siege of Hanabi. Uh, I, I know it's the the name of the city is uh, it's spelled H uh, O N O B I A, and you would think that it would be pronounced uh, Hanobia, uh, but Chuck said no, it, it's pronounced Hanabi, and uh, it, it's a pretty infamous area for the Bigfoot. And uh, where we were, we were one mile from the cabin where the siege happened. Um, that's something you'll need to Google if you haven't heard of it. And uh, <clears throat> we had activity there at the cabin, uh, rock, <clears throat> rocks thrown at the cabin, a uh, little bit during the day, mostly at nighttime. Uh, but then the third night is when activity really started. And uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, we had to leave early the next morning because there was a an emergency with uh, one of the members. So uh, we really couldn't stick around and explore like we wanted to. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, no, that night, our last night, um, <clears throat> something came up on the front porch and turned the doorknob. <laughs> oh man, I, 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 this is what, <laughs> what would have happened right through that front door. and and then another one on the back porch Uh, and um, and then they started throwing gravel uh, at on one side of the house where my sister was sleeping and uh, that woke her up and she said by the time she got herself up and looked out the window there wasn't anything there and I said no you wouldn't see anything anyways uh, but I said, kudos to you for you know, even looking out the window, because a lot of people wouldn't even do that. I mean, how in the world do y'all remain calm during this? <laughs> you know, I've been in law enforcement, ladies and gentlemen, and I've been through some stressful situations. But in this case, you know, here, uh, Tim, I'm sorry. he's He was my old neighbor <laughs> in my early 20s. And I bought my first house when I was 22, 23. And uh, I had a cattle pro. And my doorknob to the front door, I forgot to lock the security door, was turned. So we lived, it wasn't a bad area, but it was sort of questionable. Uh And I had the cattle pro with me for some reason. So I lit it up and hit the doorknob and I heard somebody ah! and fall in the bushes. There's only 800,000 votes, you know. 
Oh man. So yeah, <laughs> well, I used to play tricks on them all the time. Uh, uh, I'll anyway. tell you this about the local police. Um, you know, where I used to live, where um, the activity happened around my house all the time. Uh, another guy I found out a couple of years ago over the hill from us was having uh, fairly constant activity also. And he uh, had called the police one night because he saw it looking in the window. And um, he said the police came around. They they have their uh, firearms up and it's like, you yeah, shake, shake, shake. Oh, <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> Yeah, they they couldn't handle it. They, well, they see, uh, I've heard <clears throat> now where I was at in in Indiana, we didn't have code words. I mean, yes, we got the calls about UFOs and aliens and raccoons wearing their pots and pans and taking them out of their house. I never forget those calls. <laughs> so. But we never had any, you know, Bigfoot calls or dogman calls. But I hear in other states, in the Fish and Wildlife or the DNR or uh, the Forestry, they have code names for them. Yeah. So that was really interesting to learn a while back ago. It shows you, shows you how long I've been out on law enforcement. But you know, I always yeah. told my officers if. Now, of course, I've changed my mind since I got older. That uh, if I ever saw one, I'd take my car right off the road and run over son of a gun. <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> so, but anyways, I wouldn't do that now because it probably wouldn't hurt it after what I heard that uh, they encountered vehicles and the vehicles looked like it hit a telephone pole and it still took off running, bleeding, was yeah. there all over the hood. Oh, yeah. And, and they were towed. Unfortunately, yeah, this did not happen. We're going to just put in here that you had a very bad wreck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I, oh, I've yeah. told, uh, I've spoken with my local uh, police officers and uh, told them and given my, them my business card and you know, let them know that if they need advice, uh, if they need help, uh, to call on me, you know, that, you know, I'll come, I'll help, I'll look around and advise them on what to look for and what to do, what not to do. How do they react to that? Uh, they, they just uh, give me a silent look. They really don't talk. Uh, no, they don't. You know what? I've got a lot. Uh, I've got a lot of Leo on my group and uh, a lot of them are pretty quiet. You know, but uh, they'll privately message me, and yeah. uh, and they'll let me know what's going on. That, that's really good to have, um, and that's one of the things that the state trooper that I have on my team. You know, I try to have a diverse team that I can bring to the table when it comes to issues and. Oh yeah demonic and whatever else we're dealing with or questions i've actually got a, a priest in the bag i thought uh reference uh spirits and the paranormal and about the missing books of the bible and so forth and yeah i interviewed him 
a couple of weeks ago. We're supposed to be doing a show here shortly. And I thought he was going to be on my team. And when I interviewed him on the phone, I'm like, dude, I'm going to school this guy. You know, he's been a priest and all this stuff since 82. It's going to be great. But let me tell you something. He knocked me off my pedestal. I was like, <laughs> he talked about everything I was going to talk about. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, it was. That that would be fascinating to listen to. Oh, yes. He wasn't afraid to talk about the book of Enoch's and Giants and yeah, and he mentioned so many other Bibles or yep. or uh, yep. books out of the Bible, and I I just picked uh, let's see this one up by L. A. Marzulli. Oh yeah, haven't read it yet. Can't wait to read it. Uh, he he's excellent. Yeah, That's whenever awesome. he writes about the Nephilim. Oh yeah, I, I let me tell you something. I believe so much into that. You know. And ladies and gentlemen, I do believe, I do have my faith, you know, don't get me wrong, but I do understand that men and the Catholic religion or faith did have a hand that what went into the Bible and what did not. Oh, yeah. They didn't want us to know something, so... They, they, they were very selective as to which books to include and which ones to leave out. And um, the ones they left out are the pretty fascinating ones. Oh, I, yeah. I'm a person of very deep Christian faith. And, um, you know, I, you know, this is something that I pray about um, as to my, you know, my experiences and uh, any potential interactions and um, that I, I want to be guided in what I do, you know, that I don't do wrong or go <laughs> do something wrong. Right. <clears throat> well, and, and the reason I want them on my team is I use the biblical reference or the Bible reference a lot. And he can say this is where it's coming from from this verse this chapter or this chapter this verse mm -hmm. because it states in the bible that god has made creatures seen and unseen mm -hmm. you know i mean look at the two monsters that washed up on the beach beaches across the world one was australia and the other one i think it was new zealand yeah you know, and what always amazes me is that the civilians, that's the LE coming out, civilians, the community, would be there taking pictures of it. That's how we know it happened. And then the city or county government comes in with the backhoe, digs a hole on the beach and buries it. I'm like, what in the hell did you just do? Yeah, get a flatbed pickup truck, take it back to the office. Let's find out what the hell's going on. Or yeah. did you already know and did you make it? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what to believe anymore. You know, where do you draw a line in the sand? You know, yeah, I've watched yeah. a podcast. It's always a... go ahead. No, it's always a suspicion 
uh, as to, well, well, one thing that we do know is that uh, the Bigfoot have been around for, uh, I guess, just as long as we have, you know, they've right. been on this earth as long as we have. Uh, the natives, every single native tribe has their own name uh, for the Bigfoot. Yes, and they do. Some of them are fairly um, benign names uh, where they've had um, potentially good, maybe not quite good, but so-so uh, uh, interactions with them. And other tribes have had very warlike yes. interactions. Uh, some native names, uh, they call them cannibals. Yes. And, um, you know, we, we just don't know exactly what they are, um, where they come from. Uh, although, you know, Dr. Melba Ketchum's DNA, uh, her Sasquatch uh, genome project is fascinating reading. And I do not for one second believe that... Um, uh, <clears throat> that she is um, faking anything, any of her results. Uh, I believe that that is a, uh, what do they call it, uh, gaslighting or something where. Right, uh, right. That whoever's putting her down is doing it for a purpose. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the government already has the bodies. They already have the evidence. Yes, absolutely. They do. You know, and we always debate this all the time on the show, you know, you know, the country, the people of the United States of America, they want the body to prove that it exists. Well, every time somebody gets a body, it's confiscated. Well, Mount St. Helens blew up. There were eyewitness testimony, allegedly that they saw government helicopters with big cargo nets carrying big hairy creatures off that were dead. Back in 1999, the forest fires out Midwest, firefighters come across Bigfoot, partially burned. They were treating it, cared to it. And all of a sudden, the National Guard shows up and like, you were not here, we were not here. You did not see this, and this did not happen. Are we clear? They're like, screw you. That's yeah. how the story got out. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately, it's been covered up so much. You know, can I prove it? No. You know, and then I find out six months ago, and this flipped my, this drove me crazy. I didn't know Google was scrubbing searches. Oh, yeah. And that's why everybody's like, Grizzly, you need to use DuckDuckGo. And I was like, well, how come nobody told me this before? I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. Well, even DuckDuckGo is uh, suspect also. Um, oh, great. A lot of people have been using uh, another... Um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. I think it's called Brave, uh, Brave Browser. Okay, I'm gonna check that out definitely. But how long is it before the government taps into that? Yeah. So, 
I have had many guests on my show and they have said on record that they have been traced. They have been followed. They have been spooked. You know, people sitting out in front of their houses, their computers just go haywire. Hey, who knows what it is? I'm not saying it's the government, you know. Back then we had men in black. Do they still exist? Probably. You know, but nobody comes forward and says anything because they're so scared. Very, very people do. Um, Yeah. A few people who will come forward and have um, here and there very scattered, but they'll they'll talk about it. you know, their experiences and encounters with the men in black. And I do believe that, yeah, there are still, you know, whoever they are. Yeah, not only that, there are parts of the government that we don't even know exist, and neither does the president, you know. Yeah. And the, the Pentagon has an office of, Bigfoot research. Uh, a friend Probably. of mine, um, he, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said. I'll have to send you the article where he was talking about it. Uh, but he said he went into the Pentagon, I guess he's prior military, and uh, he passed an office, and the office door said um, the Office of Bigfoot Research. Uh (laughs) okay (laughs) all right well i think it was 54 (laughs) when allegedly eisenhower signed the treaty with the aliens i think it was 54 you remember that you ever heard that probably yeah yeah it's like yeah granddaughter came forward um last year and on one of the UFO shows, it said it did happen. And the people that were inside the hangar as guards told their story as they were dying that they signed a treaty for them to harvest humans and especially females in certain geographic locations because they could not reproduce themselves, so they would uh, impregnate the women, and then the women will be pregnant for so many terms or so long, and next thing you know, they get abducted again, and the babies have removed. Hmm. And I don't know if you ever heard that before. No. And that's actually been on uh, UFOs channels several times. And in exchange for that, we got technology. Because if you look at 115 years ago, 120, we were in a horse and buggy. Yeah. You know, and you know, the first calculator took up a whole floor of the federal building. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, I'm not going to get into if we went to the moon or not. That's <laughs> what's that's a hot topic, and I don't want to go there. No. <laughs> but, you know, you look at 
growing up, how the technology has leaked. And they say the military is 30 to 50 years advanced from what we have. Yeah, I've heard that also. You know, and it's just technology that's public is about 50 years behind. Yes, yes. And my brother was in a certain branch of military for how long? And he told me that I would be amazed and probably floored if I found out what they had. And one of my good friends uh, that has his own podcast, uh, his buddy was in the Air Force. And uh, when the iPads first come out, he's like, where'd you get that? And he says, it's an iPad. And he said, I've been using those eight, nine years ago. <laughs> I just didn't have the Apple logo on it. And he's like, what? This is came out. So, you know, and after that, he shut up real quick. So, because I thought, <laughs> he thought that he got it from somebody or whoever and didn't realize yeah. that Apple put it out. So, who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's just really amazing. It really is. So, what else you got for us? I, right now, I think that's about it. I'll tell you what, you had enough to blow my mind. (laughs) Well, there's lots more stories, but uh, my voice is wearing out. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell. Bless your heart, Mary. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from Mary. And uh, how does people get a hold of you? Oh, well, you can uh, get on my group on Facebook. It's Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project. And uh, join the group. Uh, contact me uh, through Facebook also. You can private message me. Uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, again, Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project. and uh, Or email me, Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project at gmail.com. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. And I tell you what, if you'd like to be on my show, you can email me at grizzly, the paranormal at gmail.com. Once again, that's Grizzly, the paranormal at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, it's that time of the night and afternoon, evening. I got another live podcast coming up at 8 p.m. Eastern time. But unfortunately, Mary and myself must say goodbye coast to coast and all around the world we wish you the best of luck and we had a good time mary having you and i really appreciate it thank Everybody, you go ahead oh just thank you so much for having me oh it was a pleasure it's all mine i did my homework for i had you on by the way i just don't pick anybody <laughs> y'all have a good one ladies and gentlemen we'll talk to you soon